This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This is I Hate the Fins number 38, I think. can never remember. Uh, we're under the Finsider Radio podcast network. Thank you for joining us. We're recording on a Friday night because we have nothing better going on in our lives. My name is Keith. I'm joined by Zach, as always. So, Championship Saturday tomorrow gets a head start tonight because the Pac-12 champ game is going on right now. I think Oregon's up 10-0, which is a surprise because I think they're a decent underdog to Utah, who's just had a stranglehold in terms of defense all year. Minus some of the game against Washington. And then that blip. What was that? That conference opener against USC. Mm-hmm. All right. So they've looked great. Tonight is a game where you have to think Justin Herbert can make some money. Because, I mean, he's got a lot of people thinking that Utah is just going to go upside his head. He's got a, still a lot of doubters. I mean, the in term, you mentioned this earlier in terms of how he looks. He's like the perfect quarterback aesthetic. I mean, he's big, rocket arm, uh, just looks the part in every way. But you're wondering what's going on between the ears. And I mean, he's they've used his legs tonight uh, in terms of what they've been mixing into their offense and, and everything. It's been impressive. So I don't know. We'll see. Uh, future Miami Dolphins quarterback, Justin mm. Herbert. I know. Uh, so we'll, we can t- briefly talk about We're going to do a mock draft next week. We're going to do that this week, but we're going to spare everyone. We'll save that clickbait for next week. However, Bleacher Report did one this week. I think it was like three rounds. I didn't make it past the first round. I didn't really have time to really dive into it. But they have the Dolphins taking Justin Herbert. And they have him at four, I think, just based on where they'd be picking right now. So. If that happens, how do you talk yourself into that? Because, I mean, you've been critical of Justin Herbert. You acknowledge the fact that he has incredible tools. There's there's a lot to work with. There's also a lot to work on. Yeah, so, I mean, it, it's tough with Herbert, right? You definitely see the, the big arm. Um, you get to see his, his athleticism at times. He can get out of the pocket. Um, he'll run it every now and then, which is nice to see. Um, but it, the beautiful yes, hair. Yeah, and, and as I, I thoroughly appreciate that as somebody with nice long hair too. Um, but yeah. at the end of the day, the concerns are you don't see anticipation throws as much as you should out of a guy that's been playing for four years in a major college program. Um, 
he doesn't make bad decisions in the sense of he throws picks or he turn, turns the ball over at the end of the day, um, which is good. But at the same time, like he doesn't make good decisions that allow the offense to progress down the field in a positive manner on a consistent basis. Um, and then the last thing is just his consistency. There's times that he throws a you know a, a deep ball or a um, you know a deep out or something like that, and he rips it, and you're like, holy hell! And then the next play, he comes back and he one hops it on a, a throw to the flat to the running back. So again, those are the three things, and I don't know. Um, I'm not a big fan of Oregon's coaching staff. Um, I think there's maybe a chance that a good coaching staff can coach those things up and out of him. Um, but I mean, those are the things that scare you to death when you're taking a quarterback. The tools are great, but if you don't have the the rest of it to put it together, tools ain't going to matter. Nothing at the next level. So we covered the Herbert part. Do you want to talk about Utah's defense a little bit? Because they got some studs. Yeah, Utah's defense has a lot of good um, guys on it. The main one, I think, from my perspective, that'll probably go the earliest in the draft. Um, assuming that he comes out as a junior is Jalen Johnson, the corner. Um, I think he's he's pretty good. I think there's a chance that he goes in the first round. Um, he does everything that you want from a quarter. He he has good ball skills, which is nice. Um, a guy that we saw make a play real early tonight is uh, Julian Blackman. Blackman used to be a corner for them. They moved him to free safety, and he's actually done a lot better there this year. Um, he's actually – he reminds me a lot of Eric Rowe. Um, he doesn't necessarily have that flexibility to be a big-time, legit corner. Um, but he's a big guy. He can cover tight ends. And he, he reads plays really well, which we saw earlier tonight. Um, a guy on the inside is uh, Lecky Fotu, um, their defensive tackle. He's just a big dude. He's he's a um, – of course, now I'm never going to remember his name. Uh, big guy that was on the Dolphins for the longest time, 96. Paul, Paul Soli. Yeah, he, he's a very Soli kind of guy. Um, and then a guy that's played very well through his Utah career and has, has had a really good season this year too is Bradley Inay. Um, He's the edge guy. He's a really odd edge guy. Um, I think he's like 6'3", 270. He's like a, a little bit shorter, thicker guy. Um, but he's like energy 24-7. He's had double-digit sacks, if I remember correctly, back-to-back years. And he's had double-digit um, tackle for a loss year, too. Uh, he's a smart guy. He sets the edge well. I think he's a guy that, if the right team loves him, could go day two. Um, I think he could be very much your um, Chase Winovich of this year. That's kind of not, not similar play style, but where they potentially go. Utah's always kind of produced bizarro edge guys when you think about it. Uh, Paul Kruger, yeah. you know, yep. going way back. Um, Nate Orchard. I yeah. love Nate Orchard. Nate Orchard was so good there. Nasty Nate. Uh, you mentioned Eric Rowe, too. I mean, that, that used to be... Utah's MO on the back end like they wanted bigger body guys and they were willing to sacrifice a little bit of athleticism to get that physicality but now you're seeing with some of those guys like they've got the top end speed out on the perimeter now I think that's why this Utah defense looks a little bit different to me I mean it's it's typically something you can count on but I mean like they've got they've got burners out on the edge now yeah and I mean they they always have had that, but again, I, I think you're right. They definitely have some guys that can run a little bit better. Um, I don't think they're guys that are going to light up 40 times or anything, um, but they're definitely fast enough to play at the next level. Um, and then 
The only two guys on offense that are really worth mentioning at this point are Tyler Huntley, the quarterback. I think he's a guy that if if the Ravens don't take a look at him, you know, in in day three somewhere, they're crazy. Um, I think mm-hmm. he'd be a perfect kind of guy for them to back up Lamar there. Um, and then Zach Moss. Zach Moss is awesome. Um, I, I compare him to like Jay Ajayi with actual burst and breakaway speed. Um, he's got incredible balance and ability. He's really strong. I think he's like one of those six foot two fifteeners. Um, but I, I don't think he's going to go till like the fourth or fifth round in this draft class, which is crazy. He's like Jay with, um, I don't, I'm not making this as a joke, but like Jay, but with knee cartilage. Yeah. Cause that was the big thing well, that they hung on him when he was coming out of Boise state. Otherwise, I mean, he goes higher than the fifth round with all fairness. Zach Moss has had knee issues too. Um, <laughs> so it's, he, he, I think at the end of the day, he just has more long speed and, and once he breaks away, he can legitimately finish. That was the, the Ajaya condition though. Right. I mean, it's, it's bone on bone that he yeah, was diagnosed it, with. Yeah. Moss isn't that bad. He's had knee injuries, yeah. but it's not like bone on bone. It ain't that bad. Yeah. So, okay. Tomorrow, I think the, the first big game that kicks up is Big 12 Championship. I think that that's at 11. That's going to be interesting because that's the rematch. Oklahoma and Baylor. Mm-hmm. Baylor blew that, blew that 28-3 lead. And Oklahoma ended up winning that. And you want to talk about guys who, who could make some money. Jalen Hurts. Mm-hmm. Because... what. Well, We've we've talked about this a little bit, and it's always the nature of whenever there's a player who has a similar skill set or perceived to have a similar skill set, there's going to be a big time comparison. He's getting the comparison to Lamar Jackson right now, and so stupid. I I, I realize that's the nature of the internet, the YouTubes, and social media and whatnot. But really, the important thing looking at this is Jalen Hurts can benefit off Lamar Jackson's success in terms of being a runner and a thrower. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's he picked the right year, and it appears he picked the right system to transfer to to go ahead and elevate himself into po- possibly day day two mm-hmm. pick. Yeah, I don't think that's uh, too crazy. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, this is this is where he can go ahead and he can make some noise. Do you want to talk about what's going on in that game tomorrow? Yeah, so, I mean, we'll hit with Hurts first. Hurts is not Lamar Jackson. Um, no. Lamar Jackson's a, a once-in-a-lifetime type of athlete that people just didn't like because they're stupid. Um, I'd say, uh, I feel like it's not a great comparison just because they have a similar body type, but he's got more legs than him. He reminds me of a, a Donovan McNabb kind of guy, um, a guy that, that will run, but runs with power, which is always kind of scary for a quarterback. Um, but at the end of the day, I think his mechanics have gotten better. And I think, I think there's things that Lincoln Riley realized that like, I'm not going to work out of him. Uh, but at the end of the day, there's things that I can tweak and speed up um, with the stuff that they're looking at Josh Rosen with the Dolphins is, is speeding up that clock, you know? So I think that he gets the ball out faster, which is a big thing. Um, and I think he's played a little bit better with his eyes down the field when the play breaks down. Um, but at the same time, you got to remember, this is a guy that won SEC freshman of the year at one point. Um, so it's not like this guy doesn't have accolades. He played for you know, a really good Alabama team. Um, he got replaced by a really good quarterback in Tua, but I think he's a guy that can, 
at worst case scenario, stick around the league and provide a service, you know? Well, in terms of throwing the football, it's day and night yeah. right now compared to what he was in Tuscaloosa. And I mean, you have to figure, I mean, that's what you're, that's why you transfer and hook up with Lincoln Riley is to go at, I mean, Lincoln Riley, especially if you're a transfer, mm-hmm. that's just Oklahoma's thing right now. You think about Baker coming over from Texas Tech. Kyler came over from A&M. Oh, another touchdown for Herbert. Wide open. Okay. Whew. He's going to. He's going to make you eat those oh words. My God. He's, going to, he's going to make the internet eat its words. My Jets buddy texted me today and he said, if, if Herbert has a really great day, you might as well just buy a Herbert jersey. I was like, God, no. <laughs> he's not wrong, though, right? Because no, I I mean, people are going to hitch their they're going to hitch their wagons now. No, and I, I, mean, I Herbert's, mean, Herbert's looked good. The last play, he he it was supposed to be a screen and he, he pumped and he checked down to a tight end, you know, in a, a three yard dump pass. He loves them tight ends, uh, man. Yeah. He's going to love Mike Gusecki. Mike Gusecki's going to be a 1,200-yard receiver if, if the Dolphins end up with Justin Herbert. Um, oh, they're going to wear him out. But I will say the problem is is he still locks on to individuals that he feels comfortable with. Um, I mean, he's been going to Johnson all night. He, even after Johnson got clobbered on that first play, that's exactly who he went back to. Yes, he was wide open, so that's the right guy to go to. Um, but my concern last year with Herbert, too, was he kept locking on to Mitchell. Mitchell was 70% of his, you know, production last year. Um, yeah. But anyway, let's, let's get back to Baylor and um, Oklahoma. Um, so for Oklahoma, the other guy to really keep an eye on is CeeDee Lamb. CeeDee Lamb is, is oh, yeah. phenomenal. Um, he's one of those guys that I, I've really liked coming into the season and people acknowledged. Um, but after he started showing more run after catch ability this year, I think people have really gotten on uh, the CD Lamb trade because he was he was always a really good hands guy. Um, you know, he'd make crazy catches. He was reliable. He ran good routes. But what were you going to get from him when he has the ball in his hands? And he's shown now that Hollywood Brown is gone that he can do some similar things like that too. Um, so he's he's going to have a, a big day. Um, and then on the defensive side, Kenneth Murray, their linebacker, he's a junior. Murray. Kenneth Murray is like one of the highest ranked defensive players that they've recruited in years. I think it's it's been years. Like just because nobody goes to the that conference to play defense. So Well well once Bob Stoops yeah. pieced out, Bob Stoops is a def- defense guy. Yeah. So at least there's like some clout, but I mean, like now you're talking about, and it, this is indicative of the Big Twelve as a whole too. I mean, with the way it's reshaped over the years and everything, but it used to be, uh, you had Nebraska in there. Nebraska would play some punishing defense. Uh, you know, Oklahoma back in the day yep. put out some some studs defensively, but yeah, it's the Wild West now. Yeah, and and so Kenneth Murray's a really good athletic linebacker. He fits that that new age mold of you know six one two twenty five. Um, and runs all over the field. Problem with him at the moment is he his his eyes and brain almost work too fast to the point where he overruns stuff too often. Um, so he needs to learn to to settle and and meet plays where they're gonna be, not always try to beat where they're gonna go. Um, which is difficult when when you read well and you're that athletic, it's hard not to beat the play sometimes um but he just needs mm-hmm. to settle a little bit otherwise i think those are the three big guys for oklahoma to keep an eye on um i would say grant calcaterra but he retired which was a bummer yeah well if you're the dolphins maybe keep an eye on creed 
Yeah, I, I think Creed Humphrey's good. I think Creed Humphrey's technically only a junior or something. Um, so he may hang tight um, because, you know, he may want to play with Jordan Love next year when Jordan Love's their quarterback. Right. A lot of people think that's going to happen, too. <laughs> Just saying. But uh, Kenneth Murray, I think, is going to be a good guy. Yeah, I think he's gonna, he's right. Like you said, there there's some rawness there. But there was rawness with, I mean, a completely different position. But when we were talking about Lamar Jackson, that rawness in terms of throwing the football scared people off because, like, he went to the combine and people just hyper analyzed everything. I just, I love saying hyper analyzed, by the way. Uh, the, the throwing motion, how he's able to throw the ball downfield and everything. People were so swept up in watching him throw the football that they didn't realize that if you're, if you let him develop, this guy can be something special. You know, these guys aren't necessarily finished products, although in the NFL, you're always looking to get a finished product, especially if you're drafting high. Yeah. I think Kenneth Murray's got some rawness, but he's he was awesome late for them last year, too. You think about like him in the like the Big 12 championship game against Texas last year. He was an absolute like wrecking crew. Oh, I muted myself. Um, that's that's what happens. That's okay. Kids don't drink in podcast. Um, Denzel Mims is the guy um, if we're going to hit Baylor really quick. Denzel Mims is is one of those. Oh, what does he come in? I know he's like 6'4", but I don't know what he weighs. Um, I think he's like 6'4", 215, one of those kind of guys. Um, but he's a guy that's made some stupid catches this year. Um, so if there's any team out there that's looking for a wide receiver that just has crazy range and catch radius, he's a guy that you potentially want to take a look at. And I think he could go as high as late day two, um, but I think he's going to settle in as a potential really early day three guy in, in early round four. Uh, one thing I wanted to, when we were talking about Justin Herbert, um, just because at some point this is going to become the Justin Herbert show, I'm sure, but you can just feel it with Dolphins fans. I mean, there's there's reluctance because of the Tua injury and whatnot. So it, it's almost like Dolphins Twitter is waiting for some sort of like spark or an enigma or something. And if Justin Herbert just balls out on a, a highly ranked Utah defense, I think you have it. And then I think people are going to lose their shit. I mean, and that's what happens when you haven't had a franchise quarterback. And no offense to Ryan Tannehill, because he looks pretty franchised with Tennessee right now. Um, but when you don't, don't have a guy for 20 years, it's really easy to get baby crazy with the quarterback position. So I'm not belittling anyone who feels that way. I get it. I am the same way. Um, as someone who loves football, I am horrible at analyzing quarterbacks. I, I honestly believe that unless you can sit down with these guys and really pick their brain, you're not going to know what you have. And there, that classic story about Ryan Leaf, and they asked him when they were interviewing him at the Combine, and he was talking about oh, what would you do with your signing bonus? And he said he'd go to Vegas with it. Maybe a red flag. Now, that, that's, not a, that's not a deal breaker right there, but it sheds some light on that player as a person, as an individual, as how they process things uh, in a social setting and whatnot. So analyzing quarterbacks is not my bag. I would not like these guys who are on Twitter and claim like they, they, uh, specialize in looking at quarterbacks i feel so bad for them i wouldn't wish that upon my worst enemy yeah i mean you, you don't want to oh that tight end needed to look back that's they're not getting that fourth and two oregon just stopped um on fourth and two again my goodness what is happening that tight end needed to turn around and look way quicker in that route he was wide open in the seam 
Mm. Oh man. Yeah. Or Utah. Um. Uh, next game. Uh. SEC championship. The we're we're, yeah, we're hitting yeah. the big ones. If you want to go ahead and uh, if you're if you're looking to hit like Conference USA, any of that good. No, uh, I mean there, there's not there's not too many big things to hit for uh, LA, um, Louisiana, and, and App State. App State should probably win that pretty handedly. They've had a pretty good season. Um, shout out to our boy Duke and his his stomping grounds. Um, and then Cincinnati, Memphis. I think that'll be a fun game. Yeah. Um, if you're looking for a fun game to watch where there's like no real dolphin stakes in it and there's no real like major prospects that you need to really keep an eye out for. If you're just looking for a fun game to watch, even if it's a half hour just before uh, Georgia LSU comes on, pop on Cincinnati and Memphis. I think that's going to be a really fun game. Georgia LSU is big mm-hmm. because I think Georgia's walking into this more underrated than they should be uh, just because Jake Fromm's been there. So mm-hmm. so I, I always... When it comes to these games in college experience, I really place a lot of value on what do you think, though? Because, I mean, like you've been you've been a fan of from and you have a lot of people thinking mm-hmm. like, you know, is he a fringe first round guy? Is he a day two guy? Does he go back to school? A lot of people think that he's so competitive that he's going to go back and really try to make one more go of it. What do you think? I mean, I I think he at the end of the day. He, if he wants to go back, it's worth going back. Um, I don't think I don't think there's a way that he's going to improve his stock if he stays another year. Um, I think at the end of the day, he's going to be a, a, a day two kind of guy, unless some team that has all the other pieces everywhere else falls in love with him and says, you know, we can get a guy that can just not turn the ball over, make good decisions, be a good leader for our team, and then our playmakers can make the plays, you know, that they need to make um, and propel this team then maybe he's a first round guy. Um again, the the toughest thing with him is he he's the exact inverse of Justin Herbert, which is really sad because you would think that for the quarterback position that needs to know everything, be on top of everything, have anticipation, you know, play as a strong leader, those are the things people would want, but at the end of the day that doesn't get you to the promised land most of the time. Um so him having those things versus not having a big arm and not being the most athletic guy is what hurts him and puts him as a, a day two guy. Um, again, I think if you're looking for a good leader that isn't going to make mistakes, that's going to be able to move the ball in your offense on a consistent basis, again, everything that we question potentially about Justin Herbert, then he's your guy. Um, so I think there is going to be a team or two that's interested in his services. Um I think, you know, potentially not in the first round, maybe late first round trading back in and or taking him early, early second, San Diego, or not San Diego, damn it, um, Los Angeles Chargers, uh, they could be a good fit there. Um, but I think this is an opportunity for him to potentially show that he can be a guy that puts up big plays on a bigger team. And if he does it against the LSU defense, I think he'll he'll have made some money for himself too. LSU's defense is really underwhelmed this year, too, especially some, yeah. of, some of the certifiable studs they have on that side of the football. If you're a Dolphins fan, though, I mean, and you look at the Georgia side of things, it really comes down to DeAndre Swift and Andrew Thomas, doesn't it? Yeah, and I mean, that's that's going to be the other issue for Fromm is that the only playmaker that he really has available 
at least within the first half tomorrow, yeah. is DeAndre Swift. And DeAndre Swift got injured in the last game. He has an elbow issue. Um, so uh, that's gonna be that's gonna be tough for for Fromm with not any real options. Um, Andrew Thomas is should have a really good day. It'll be nice to see him matched up um, against guys like um, uh, Kason or Chason, uh, Caleb on Chason, um, and then some of those they they tend to run like a base three four. Um, but like Glenn Logan's pretty good, um, and then Rashard Lawrence who typically would be a three tech defensive tackle, um, but kind of plays a, a, a four eye look for, for LSU um, right inside the, the offensive tackle there as a defensive end. Um, he actually reminds me a lot of Christian Wilkins. So he's going to be an interesting guy to see match up against Thomas. And then the real story for LSU is that defense on the back end with Delpit and Fulton. Yeah, I mean, and before we hit LSU's back end, like Georgia's back end is, I think, is pretty underrated in my opinion. Um, I agree. I think J.R. Reed's a really good, experienced safety, um, and then Richard uh, LeCount has had a really good year too. I think there's a chance that LeCount pulls the trigger, and you see him come out in the draft too. Um, and I would not be shocked to see both of those guys go day two. Um, I wouldn't be shocked to see JRE to be that wacky end of the first round safety that we always get. Um, but another guy that's a redshirt sophomore for them is Eric Stokes, the cornerback. Um, and he's had a good year too. So, so Georgia has a pretty good secondary in their own right. Um, but LSU secondary is, is crazy good. Um, Christian Fulton should be a first round pick. Grant Delpit should be a first round pick, even though he's had a little bit of a rough year. Um, Stingley's only a freshman and he's become their number one corner essentially. Um, and then Jacoby Stevens has had a really nice year for himself too. I think he'll stay another year for a senior season. Um, but at the end of the day, um, crazy throw and catch by Herbert and Johnson. Um, but anyway, um, but Jacoby Stevens. Oh, I know. I know. We'll, we'll come back to that. But Jacoby Stevens has had a good season too. So LSU has a crazy secondary. Um, again, so if Fromm can move the ball and make some noise against that, that'll be pretty impressive. All right, so probably one of the, the less descript games tomorrow just because Clemson has had such a stranglehold on this ACC title game. I thought we so, were going to talk about Hawaii and Boise State here. My bad. Uh, <laughs> no, it's Hawaii, the, Hawaii's first time uh, to the conference championship there. Well, I, I remember back in the day being super hyped to watch a Hawaii-Georgia Sugar Bowl with my boy uh, uh, Colt Brennan, um, and yeah, then I was that, thoroughly disappointed. That game was such an incredible ass-beating. Oh, my goodness. Oh, man. Yeah, no, I think a lot of people were so interested in, in Colt Brennan and that Hawaii offense, too, because they just put up points galore. Uh, Devon Bass, one of their yep. receivers, they had Colt, the big Colt three Brennan with their dreadheads. Yeah, it was that, Jason that was the Rivers. Coolest. They were the coolest football team at that point. Like that stupid run and shoot, just a bunch of slot receivers and a sweet convicted felon of a quarterback. Yeah, what a what a story that was. <laughs> River Rivers, Devon Bess, and then the guy with the hyphenated name, Ryan. Uh, I don't remember, but you're right. Uh, Grice Mullen. Grice Mullen, yeah. How did yeah. I remember that? Yeah. God Ryan bless Grice you. Mullen. Yeah. Yeah, and I thought he was the best of the three. And then it was, yeah, Rivers and Devon Bess, and the only guy you really heard from was Bess. And then remember, I think the Dolphins signed Grice Mullen too, didn't they? 
They did for a uh, like short little minutes. window there. Yeah, they were just looking looking to go to the June Jones well on that one. So Clemson, Virginia, oddball game tom- tomorrow. Um, if you're if you're interested in 2021, Trevor Lawrence is your guy, and Trevor Lawrence has gotten his act together. Yeah, he he had a slow start. Um, but I mean, his freshman season was stupid unrealistic to match up to um it's just one of those things where the stars align and, and kind of happens but he's he's a damn good football player and he's always had the tools so that's never been the issue ironically some of the the biggest names and if you're a dolphins fan and looking to really improve through the draft clemson's got some of those guys travis etienne yeah etienne etienne reminds me a lot of reggie bush um, he's one of those guys where like one second you're looking at him, he's cutting left. And then the next thing he's streaking down the right sideline and you're like, how did that even happen? And his breakaway speed, like if he gets to the second level and he beats that second level, it's over. There's not a chance in hell that you're catching him. Yeah. Uh, impressive receivers too mm-hmm. with, uh, Higgins. T Higgins. I, I think T Higgins is a little overrated. He, I think he's a sexier version of those typical tall, relatively fast receivers that Clemson has. I think someone's going to get duped into taking him in the first round. Um, I think he's got some development that still needs to happen in his route running, unless you're just going to ask him to run nines and deep posts. Like, unless that's all you're going to ask him to do. Um Pretty much what you just compared him to Martavis Bryant. Yeah, I mean, and and there's nothing wrong with that. Again, if you're gonna, no, no, no. no. Gonna... I mean, it serves a purpose, but I I think it's it's fair. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that is the skill set. Yeah, you know, a long a longer, long limbed speedster. Yeah, and I mean, I think Justin Ross is probably the better of the two of them. Um, oh, not, without a doubt, I think not to discredit Amari Rogers. Amari Rogers is a really good inside guy. Um, that has some some quick movement to him, which is nice. Um, but so yeah, I think I think there's some good receivers there. Um, again, T. Higgins, I think maybe I don't I don't like to say overrated. That's that's not fair. And, and again, I I feel bad saying that about another human being. But for what he truly does, you know, I see people that have him going as a, a top fifteen guy, um, and that's just because he's tall and fast. You could say he's misrepresented right now yeah, in terms of yeah. in, in terms of being a prospect. Uh Isaiah Simmons. Isaiah Simmons, that's a different story. Isaiah Simmons is gonna go top fifteen, no problem. Like he he's like Jerome Baker on steroids. And if you like Jerome Baker's skill set, you're gonna love Isaiah Simmons. He he originally came to them as a safety. Um but unlike um, another guy that I'm not going to remember his name, uh, he was their safety a couple years ago. Again, 6'4", like 215 or something like that. But they left him at safety where he just got beat by more athletic guys in a safety position um, and covering from the slot in a deep slot capacity. Isaiah Simmons, they finally dropped him into a linebacker role and just let him run and chase and cover in, in short zones and stuff like that. And he's done a tremendous job. Um, so I think he's going to go tear up the combine and everything under the sun, and he's going to go really high in the draft. Yeah, he's got a ballistic skill set. Uh, I'm going to be shocked if the Raiders don't go for him. He's he's absolutely a, an Al Davis dream. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's a guy that would make sense for them. Um, we'll see. 
And then the last two guys to, that I would make note of on the defense there for Clemson is uh, A.J. Terrell. I don't love his skill set. He's been going in the first round of a lot of mocks. Um, you know, we've seen what we've gotten out of Tank, um, and Tank is pretty similar to him. Again, he's he's a pretty traditional Clemson long 6'1 kind of corner there. Um, he... He plays some man coverage, but he's not as physical as you'd like to see from a guy as big and long as he is. So I have some doubts there. Um, and then another guy that I think should get drafted, he won't get drafted until day three, but he should play on a, a roster as Tanner Muse, the, the safety that's a, a graduate guy. Um, he's just a good, smart football player, you know? Big Ten championship game, my personal favorite of the lot, even though tomorrow's game could be good. It could be completely lopsided. I don't know. But there are some very intriguing prospects to be had in this game. We start with Wisconsin because Jonathan Taylor is a guy that a a lot of Dolphins fans were talking about earlier in the year. Uh, A lot of wear on his tires, though. I mean, like he's carried the rock a lot in Madison, but that's what Wisconsin does. Wisconsin's going to run the football with its bell cow. Yeah, and before we hit them really quick, one note on Virginia um, and that ACC matchup. The one guy I would say to put eyes on, um, I guess two guys you could put eyes on, is is Charles Snowden, the linebacker, and uh, Jordan Mack, the other linebacker for Virginia. Snowden's really interesting because he's the coverage version of um, DeAndre, uh, Deion Jordan, not DeAndre Jordan. Uh, Deion Jordan that they tried the matchup against tight ends. He does a lot of that stuff. Um, he's a weird six, seven, like 230 pound linebacker. Um, so keep an eye on him and Jordan Max, just a thumper. So he's a guy that should find his way onto a team at some point. Um, I totally, totally forgot. We didn't talk about the Cavs. Um, how do you feel about Bryce Hall? Uh, Bryce Hall is hurt. So I don't, I don't feel anything right now. I think he's going to be a guy that teams are going to have to make a decision, see where he is in his recovery process. Um, and decide if they're going to spend that good old second round pick on an injured corner um, that showed that he could be a first. Why I asked the yeah, he's, he's a guy. He's a guy that if Miami comes up with that second, second round pick that the Saints have, that's going to be at the back end of the fir- or second there. And at that point, if he's on the board, I think he'd be a guy that's worth taking a shot on at that point. Virginia um, perimeter defenders always intrigue me because they're definitely a boomer bust lot. Mm-hmm. about like some of the guys who come out whether it's like a behavior thing remember uh, was it chris cook yeah was a second rounder was at 2010 and uh yeah. just couldn't behave himself um anyone else who, you want to hit who's the guy in the supplemental draft a year or two ago um ah uh, goodness was it 20 2018 supplemental draft or was it this past 2019 um he was pretty good. He had a good career at, at Virginia. Um, he just he just didn't have the speed to really hang with some of the, the crazy, more athletic guys. Um, Adonis Alexander. Oh, yeah, um, okay. That's who it was. He, he was pretty good. Um, but at the end of the day, again, he just didn't have that speed. And, and then on top of that, the academic thing is always rough because like, if you just can't put the school stuff together like – when you're a division one athlete, they, they don't ask you to school that hard. Um, you know, so it, it's essentially show up to classes, show up to your, your academic sessions where they help you with your homework and like play football. Um, yeah. but 
So no, I, I don't think there's anybody else on Virginia that's really big time worth hitting. Um, that's a viable day one or day two option at this point. Okay. So what do you think? Because uh, I mean, Jonathan Taylor's mm-hmm. got some mi- got some mileage, but I mean, you can't you can't knock what he what he's been able to do in terms of production. I think Jonathan Taylor makes a ton of sense for the way the Dolphins deploy running backs. Um, the Dolphins draft a running back. They sit him for a year or so, which in this case, I don't think they would sit Jonathan Taylor because Jonathan Taylor is better than anything on the roster right now. Um, debatable for my boy, Miles Gaskin, who they refuse to play. But um, sure. but Jonathan Taylor would play right away. And they, I mean, I don't think he's going to be a first round pick with the wear and tear on him, even though he's put up crazy numbers. Um, I think if you get him in the second round, you play him right away. You get the four years out of him on his first contract, and then you you pass from there. Um, you let him walk just like every other running back the Dolphins have let walk. Oh boy, um, I is it wrong to say that our favorite prospect in terms of the Wisconsin side, Tyler Bayadash? Oh yeah, oh yeah, thick boy, very well seasoned player, smart guy in the center, and he is a dude too that once he gets his hands on you, like you're going to have a bad time. <laughs> we were a big fan of him last year too. And he was the guy who stayed back. Uh, this is going to be a great year for centers. Like I, I thoroughly appreciate what Dan Kilgore has done for the Miami dolphins. Um, when they traded for him, I was like, okay, whatever. This guy's going to be gone in a year. Uh, but he's been a very serviceable center. Um, and he was really good the past couple weeks too. Um, so you know, I appreciate what he's done, but like he's not the long term answer. Um, and I mean, this, between our, our guy from Wisconsin here, um, Humphreys out out of uh, Oklahoma, there, Jake Hansen out of Oregon, and the guy I really like is Nick Harris out of Washington. He moves incredibly well. Um, that's four dudes that I think you can get in the first three rounds easily. Um, and I always like the whole quarterback center tandem kind of connection, which is always nice. Anything you like about uh, Wisconsin's defense? Um, it's coached by my boy, Jim Leonard. That's the one thing I definitely like off the top. Um, Your boy. my boy, Jimmy, um, the only Jets player I will ever admit to liking. Um, no, I mean, they don't have anybody spectacular. I think. Chris Orr is probably the most notable player. They're they're a redshirt senior linebacker. Um, And I think he'll get drafted. I don't think that he's going to really make a whole bunch of noise or anything. Um, But I mean, Jim Leonard has gotten the most out of a defense that really does not have much on it. Um, So that's always nice to see. Um, Zach Bond, who is one of the the outside linebackers, may get a look. Um, I know people were surprised when the Dolphins took... um, um, oh my goodness. Now I can't remember his name. Um, who's our guy from Wisconsin that they just drafted? Uh, Michael Dieter. No, no. Uh, outside linebacker. Oh, um, oh, Van Ginkle. Van Ginkle. I was Van, Van Der Esch was stuck in my head. Um, but I mean, people were oh, surprised when, when people were surprised when they took Van Ginkle. Um, so I wouldn't be shocked to see Zach Bond on a roster, though. Um, he's not a terrible football player. Uh, he definitely has some skill sets that would benefit as a, a rotational depth guy. 
the real star of this uh this show is um Ohio State's perimeter defense, which yeah. I mean that's really become cornerback university as far as I'm concerned. Oh, I mean, and that's if you're talking about their perimeter in the secondary. Their perimeter on the edge in the front seven's stupid too. Yeah. I mean yeah. He, Especially when you're talking about Chase Young. Yeah, and I mean like Jonathan Cooper, that's a redshirt senior, isn't like a world beater or anything, but he's a he's a good player too. And I mean, especially when they play, they'll they'll sometimes play like a, a five front with Malik Harrison as their outside linebacker with Chase Young on the other side. And that gets ugly really fast for teams. Uh, who do you like the most in terms of legitimate prospects for the Dolphins on the Ohio State side of the football? Oh, boy. Um, I don't think Chase Young is going to be an option. I think he's gone be- long before the Dolphins pick, um, which is crazy because they should, worst case scenario, be picking top six, maybe worst, worst case scenario, top eight. Um, yeah. But he's gone in the first two picks. And if he's not gone in the first two picks. I will be shocked if he's not playing in New York next year. Well, New Jersey, technically. And I mean, realistically, the Bengals should be the ones taking them if they have the top pick. But I understand taking a quarterback when you need a quarterback. Um, Yeah. But I mean, so Chase Young is out. Um, I don't think they'll target a Malik Harrison. I think they're pretty happy with what they have at their linebacker situation. Um, I think Tough Borland will stay for his senior year. Um, so then you start talking about defensive backs. Um, oh yeah. The defensive backs that get a lot of love from Ohio state is obviously Jeffrey Okuda is the top one. Um, he had a great game last week. He shut down every Michigan receiver that existed. Um, I think if the dolphins are picking top four or five, there's a possibility. I think I'd feel more comfortable taking him if they were picking six to eight somewhere. Um, there's some things that I still have a question about in his game um, with certain route coverages and stuff like that. But overall, he's a really, really good corner. Um, the chances of ever getting a fully ready prospect in most drafts is, is slim to none. So I'm not going to be picky about that. Um, then there's a big debate. Well, I don't know if it's a big debate. There's There's a debate who the second best Ohio State corner is at this point because they have two guys that are technically draft eligible. Um, the one that's getting a lot of love now is Sean Wade. Yeah. Um, but I always am totally terrified of second Ohio State cornerback syndrome. Um, like Gary and Conley? Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, Gary and Conley has been fine. Um, I think the Raiders passed a little early, but he's had more off the field stuff that's worrisome than his on the field stuff. Um, he had a rough patch on the field too, but you know, so I, I like Sean Wade, but quite honestly, I like Damon Arnett better. Who's there. Damon Arnett is, is more of their nickel guy. And that's what he should be at the next level. And I know that's not appealing to say because most people value an outside corner over a nickel guy. But I think Damon Arnett is a really, really good nickel guy. He lo- he reminds me a lot of a, a Bobby McCain. He's just, you know, he's going to be a 5'11", you know, 195. He's just scrappy. And, like, that's what you want out of a nickel guy. You want right. a guy that's scrappy, that'll play inside, that'll make tackles, um, that'll play in short zones, you know, not afraid to get dirty with other guys. Um, and I value that a little bit more than the potential of what Sean Wade could be at this point. Works for me. I love Akuda's game. 
Can you imagine yeah. Howard and, and Akuda? Who? Yeah, no, I mean, it'd be nice to have two absolutely legitimate corners, but the question then becomes, is the value of having two legitimate corners worth it when you don't potentially have the pass rushers to not make their life hell? Yeah, I think that um, those two other picks in the first round play a part in that too in terms of you trading yep. up, um, taking your boy Gross Matos. Um <laughs> <laughs> yeah we'll get into this next time because there's a lot yeah. of stuff i want to touch on we're already over the 40 minute mark i don't want to ch- uh push our luck with how the, before, the before we before we bump off this game too like definitely want to acknowledge um jordan fuller the senior safety for ohio state too he's not going to get a lot of love but he's a really good solid safety as well he's a good tackler he's good in short to mid-range coverage he doesn't have a ton of range when it talks about you know when people talk about range again this is this is always one of my biggest draft pet peeves is range and athleticism are two totally different things um he has good range when he's working from a back pedal forward but when he has to turn his hips and run deep and or across the field that's more athleticism that hinders him from making plays um but at the end of the day, again, I think he's a safety that's definitely going to get acknowledged and taken, you know, late day two, early day three and contribute to a team at some point. All right. Uh, anything you want to put out there before we go ahead and call it for tonight? We, we should probably do another one this weekend just so we can start to pile up since this is really turning into our time of year. Yeah, no, no, for sure. Again, I think I think all the games are good. Um Unfortunately, with conference championship weekend, you do have to pick and choose a little bit. They only have so many time slots. Again, your your main games for tomorrow, if you're not watching Utah, Oregon currently, um, is Baylor, Oklahoma. Um, then I would catch the first 20, 30 minutes of that Cincinnati Memphis game. Again, I think that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, definitely catch that that SEC championship. Um, and then if you have two screens to watch the beginning of the ACC championship and then the big 10 um, that'd be ideal because Clemson should get out to a lead early enough by eight thirty, eight forty-five that you can switch over to the big 10 and be good. Yeah. Well said. Uh, all right. So this is, this turned out uh, to be a longer show than we anticipate, but that's a good thing. We love listening to ourselves talk. Uh, For Zach, my name is Keith. Thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you again soon. Enjoy Championship Saturday. Take care.